And welcome back in. We are back for another episode of In the Fire, episode 101. The march to 200 is on. Last week was episode 100. Uh, if you have not listened to it yet, go ahead and listen because it's a fun episode. Uh, I am Justin, one of the hosts of this podcast. With me, as always, are Thomas and Peter, the other two hosts. We are here recording a late night recording session. Ooh. Oh, Very yeah. exciting stuff. Uh, so that. there's no Learn telling. <laughs> there's no telling what we're going to be saying tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but despite it being so late, how are you two doing? I'm fired up for this one. Um, this is. I'm realizing that this episode 101 is will be our last palindrome pal, palindromic episode until. Well, I guess one eleven. <laughs> I guess that didn't. And then initially one twenty one. I was originally thinking two hundred two. One thirty one. One forty one. Well, it's. I guess it's just as many away as it was before. <laughs> episodes away, or in between. But um, yeah, I guess that that kind of fell flat what i was <laughs> but um i am fired up it's 100 101 it's a cool number regardless and ready to kick off this next century of episodes with bang oh yes let's go Good. um i'm doing well i'm tired but you know that's life that's life it is late tired the bread of, and the are. bread of life will keep me sustained through this podcast yes it will yes indeed and uh we are diving into the words so no matter when you do it it's good stuff um for anyone listening if you missed the announcement on last week's at the end of last week's episode and you don't follow us on instagram or anything so you would have missed this announcement too we have a website now Let's yeah go. <laughs> uh that website has our contact information a little bit more about the podcast links to episodes uh, and also has a blog no posts yet but those posts will be up and coming we might post in conjunction with some episodes we might post whenever we feel like it if we have something to say that uh we don't put into an episode it could go there so be on the lookout new way to interact with us you can find that website at www.inthefirepodcast.com uh, spelled quite simply how it sounds. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram at In the Fire Podcast. We would love to hear from you. We'll cover it all at the end again, but feel wow. free to get in touch with us. This is yeah. a great website. I'm just looking at it right now. I think everybody's great at it. This is phenomenal. Great design. Thanks, Justin, for setting that up. And yeah, it's uh, a cool way. Like, we're excited for it. It's a cool way for more people to be in the fire with us um, another yeah. medium very good stuff um with all that said we do have an episode to get to tonight or whenever you're listening to this and it's an exciting episode um <laughs> last Ooh, week <laughs> last week we covered romans one through three uh which kind of and you should listen to it before you listen to this one by the way if you have not done that yet um you certainly should listen to that one first uh, that talks about the basics of justification as the idea, justification through faith in Christ, why we need to be justified, how we are justified. Um, and these themes will continue in today's episode as Paul continues. We talk about Romans 4. Uh, maybe a series is being born here, but we will have to see next week if this continues on to the next chapter or chapters in Romans. But we're just going to cover one chapter today. Um, and... <laughs> If this is the first episode you're listening to of this podcast, then I'm very happy for you because Romans 4 is all about <laughs> circumcision. <laughs> It'll be a memorable first episode. I really think this this is just the, the tip of the iceberg here. Um, and there's, there's, there's so many times this comes up in the Bible. We're just going to be covering a little bit of it today, but it's going to yeah. be good. Yeah, I get you know? I understand the pun that you made earlier before we started record 
we usually say, let's jump into it. And Thomas said, let's cut into it. And I was a little confused, but now it is starting. To um, there are deeper themes behind circumcision. The episode is not only about that. Um, it's about everything that comes behind it. And there's plenty to talk about. So we are going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, it starts with a flip back to the Old Testament, back to the book of Genesis, which we will take a look at a couple passages from. And then we will flip to Romans 4, where Paul discusses those passages we are talking about. So we're just going to read these two back to back. Um, and then we will talk about it a little bit. But the chunk, the biggest chunks of what we're going to talk about today come from Romans. Um, and you two, if I can have you read these. Um, Peter, how about you take the first one, Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. And then we'll go to Thomas for Genesis 17, verses 7 through 14. All right. Cool stuff. All right. Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. All right. Now we're going to 17, 7 through Correct. 8. Here we go. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout the, their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep, between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he and who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money <laughs> shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an, ev an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people, and he has broken my covenant. Thank you both. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about this. Again, we're gonna talk a lot more about it when we read the chapter of Romans that we're getting to, but I want to open the floor to any initial thoughts. I am only gonna really flag one thing here. And that is the timing of these two passages. Obviously, Genesis 15 happens on the timeline of humanity before Genesis 17. Um, this is all in the life of Abraham. In Genesis 15, we see he is Abram. In Genesis 17, he becomes Abraham. Uh, and I think there's not an insignificant gap. It's like 15 years, maybe. Uh, that might not be exactly right. But there's a, there's a, a gap of time in between... Um, when God and Abram first kind of had this promise that um, Abram would have a child and an heir and uh, lineage, which he had not had at that old age yet. And then verse 17, when we see this covenant established, that's the only thing I want to point out um, is that these things do happen in order. Um, according to the chapter of the Bible, that will become important later on. And Abram and Abraham are the same person. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He's made Abraham once he gets, or I guess once he loses his foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old saying, you lose a foreskin, you pick up a ham. <laughs> <laughs> More like a ha. 
<laughs> he's laughing god's laughing for that one um age old saying goes exactly um anything you guys want to add on to this before we kind of move on to romans um romans covers what i was gonna say so we'll get into that um but yeah i think I know you love covenant theology, Jay. So I do. We have an episode. Big fan of the covenants. I am too. Um, I think it's cool, and like covenants are really big things too, especially covenants with God. Um, them just being like God declaring things to pro- promises to His people, right? Um, basically saying, "I will do this," and um, it's it's important to note that. God never breaks the covenant. We always break the covenant. Um, and he has kept them all up until Jesus Christ and the new covenant through his death and resurrection, um, which we covered in the covenant episode. And you should go check that out. Um, again, we have a we have a website in the firepodcast.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, so covenants are big. And this is, this is the big covenant that all of Israel up into the days of Jesus and the early church where Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Um, like this is a big, big thing with them. Like this is how you were declared part of Israel. Um, and so it was, it's big what Paul is saying um, and really hard for a lot of Jewish Christians in the early t- days of the church of having to abandon this covenant and enter into the new covenant. So we'll yeah. get to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well, that very well said i don't have too much to add um a couple things i like from these passages is you know when you know, god establishes this covenant he calls it an everlasting covenant to to be god to you and to your offspring after you and then again towards the end of the verse that thomas read so shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant like the that covenant is entrenched in the flesh that is circumcised or through the circumcision that's um some imagery there um but yeah i think yeah i i also think verse like the last verse or um thomas read any circumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people he has broken my covenant. Um, yeah, I think that that just that verse there kind of gets to what Thomas was saying is how this can be a, a, a difficult transition to what you know circumcision under the the new covenant means and looks like for Jewish Christians, uh, especially you know, in the early days, as we'll get to in a second here. But um, yeah, I like that, and then I also like you know Abraham's faith. Um, he is one of the best, best examples of having faith, which I know we'll talk about more. Um, and you know, a lot of it is because he's doesn't know if they'll, he'll have an heir. He gets really old, and then Sarah cannot produce a child for a very, I mean, for a very long time, and he just has a lot of doubts about having an heir. But he believes God, um, and that his offspring will be countless as the stars. Yeah, he does. And if we are excited about Abraham believing God and having faith, then we should go ahead and read Romans 4. I think we should. Yeah. All right. We've got all of Romans 4 to read. If you have your Bible, read along. If you're driving or anything, obviously don't, but um, read it again later. We'll split this up. We do not (laughs) texting while driving. We do not. We'll split this up into three. Peter, how about you take verses one through eight? I'll do the middle portion, nine through 17. And Thomas, you can take 18 through 25. All right. All right. I can do that. Here we go. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. 
and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. <laughs> it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he was considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespass and raised for our justification. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, again, if you are listening, I highly suggest you pause right now and read that very carefully again. All right, so um, when we last left off with Romans 3, it kind of ended on the note that God saves both Jew and Gentile um, so that all may be saved and all may be a part of his kingdom. And such saving grace comes through faith. Now we get here in a little more detail how faith and the law work together and how one is, I, I don't know what the right word is, takes priority of the other, although they both kind of flow into each other. Um, and it means circumcised, uncircumcised, we're all saved through faith, because as Paul points out, Abraham himself was saved through faith and not through um, just the keeping of the law, which none of us are capable of. That is the most broad overview I can give. We're going to get into more detail, and I will ask the two of you if you want to start off by discussing anything specifically from this chapter. P, you got anything? <laughs> um, this is more just a, a funny thing I noticed. Um, for how, actually, well, less, you know, more seriously. Um, like, yeah, I think that that is, I mean, that is the argument that Paul builds out here. I love Romans because it is very, he is very, and I mean, a lot of the books do, the, books of the Bible do this, but Paul, just, he builds an argument with a lot of support and explanation and conclusions and, and whatnot. That, and I, you know, I think this chapter is a great example of that. Um, and Justin, you just mentioned the broad overview of, of that argument that he builds. And also, 
part and parcel with that. Romans can be very complex because these are very complex arguments that you can build and um, it's just trying to clarify things that can be confusing or hard to understand about the gospel. And <laughs> to the funny part, I like how, despite how complicated things can be, there are parts of Romans that can simplify it so easily and explain things like, <laughs> he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, in parentheses, since he was about 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot that you need to dig deeper in and understand why Paul is saying certain things, but <laughs> this theory just spells out exactly why he is saying he's as good as dead. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I just wanted to point that out because... Mm -hmm. I found some humor in that. That is good. I think, yeah, it is. I mean, like, yeah, God said you're going to have a son uh, when, when he's 90, like almost 100 years old. You know, my grandfather's almost 100 years old. And I don't think he's getting any sons anytime soon. <laughs> I'd be surprised. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's a feat, you know, that's a miracle. <laughs> it's a yeah. miracle that Sarah was able to be with child. Like there's a, there's a lot of miracle children in the Bible. And I mean, you got Jesus, you know, you got John the Baptist, you got Abraham's son, Isaac. Samuel. And Samuel. Yeah, Zechariah, I believe. Yeah. Um, that's just five. That's five just off the dome. You know? <laughs> There's probably a few more. Um, just, you know, scattered in for, for good reason. Um, but, yeah, I think it's because there are so many, I think it's easy to forget that those really are miracles. And so I think that's that's really cool. Um and yeah, I mean, what Paul's like doing here in, in chapter four really is um, he's qualifying the idea that we are saved by faith. Um, mm -hmm. And he's doing that by saying, going back to the Old Testament, being like, here are multiple reasons of like people in the Old Testament being justified by faith before they were justified by the law. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, it's, he does it really well and in a great way. Um, and that's, that's really what he's doing here. Cause in the first three, he's like, the people without the law are unrighteous and the people with the law are unrighteous. And so he's like, there has to be a better way. There has <laughs> to be a way that we can be righteous without the law. And then he's like, it's faith and it's faith in Christ. Um, and it's faith in the God that rose Christ from the dead. At the end, yeah, um, yeah. I think the the context that you just mentioned is super important. Um, because what this is here, uh, Paul's directing this kind of towards the, uh, at least I think, like the religious elite, who I mean, talk about boasting in works rather than boasting in faith or boasting in the grace that God gives. Um, that's what these people were doing. And I think, Thomas, you mentioned like going back in scripture and looking at multiple examples of this, of how people were saved by faith before any works, before being saved by the law, which didn't happen, but what people thought these, you know, maybe religious leaders thought you can be saved by the law. He's saying, no, it's faith. And he points out Abraham. And I, it's, there's a specific reason why Abraham would be the guy to point out because this is the father of the faith. Mm -hmm. He's the one who it all traces back to. So he's the one that is going to hit the hardest with anyone. If he can prove that Abraham was saved by faith, then it kind of directly attacks what um, the people at the top of this religious hierarchy were believing in boasting in in themselves mm -hmm. the three most important people 
that they probably believed like were in the Old Testament are Moses, Abraham, and David. Mm. And Paul uses both Abraham and David in this chapter to justify it. Yeah. Um, and David, I'll get to the David part later if you guys have anything else to say. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I'm just uh, looking at what I have here. So um, I think my favorite verse that I read in all of this is verse 18. At least the translation that I get in the NIV says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. I think just that the opening phrase there, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. I just think that's pretty cool. Um, And I was going to mention this maybe when we read Genesis, but David Guzik has a um, little thing from his study guide on Genesis 17. That's the faith that made Abram at the time, Abraham righteous, wasn't so much believing in God, which a lot of people can believe in God, as it was believing God, which is kind of a harder thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can believe in God. Guzik points out even the demons believe in God. They know very well that God exists. Um but believing God is a much taller task and much more difficult. And in Abraham's position would have been very difficult as we have already discussed. Um, and that, that belief, believing God, the belief that he had, the faith that he had, as I pointed out earlier, um, why I said the timeline is important. That's a huge part of Paul's argument um, is that his faith in God came before this circumcision covenant this legal get circumcised and you're part of the covenant. That was after Abraham already believed. Um, And it was, you know, it's just bogus to say that when you read Genesis 15 and then to say that at that point, even before circumcised, that Abraham was not a follower of God because he very clearly is. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of what Paul is, is getting at. Uh, which is, it's cool. It's just cool how he is able to go back into scripture and challenge the just regular belief at the time. Um, And it seems obvious looking back and reading it, but, you know, it it wasn't as much. And it still isn't to a lot of people. Um, The divide between faith and the law is always a struggle. Um, But it's faith that ultimately is what is the decider of our fate. And you'll see like a lot of Christians fall into legalism. Oh yeah. Like, even, even everyone. Now, like, yeah. It might not be like, quote, like, Oh, I, I don't eat these foods and I'm circumcised. And my kids are circumcised and yada, yada, yada. Um, but it might be something more like, Oh, well, if you're not reading your Bible every day, you're sinning. Or, oh, you can't do that. It's a sin. Or it's like, and they, and they think that, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's just like stuff like that. Um, obviously, you should be reading your Bible every day. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but it's not like, um, if you do anything wrong, God is sitting on its throne to point out how you've missed the mark of the law, but it's rather God is sitting on his throne and Jesus is sitting on his throne because we miss every mark of the law. Um, And it's our faith in Christ and in God's power that raised Christ from the dead that we might be saved by grace because we can't fulfill the law. Um, And that's, that's why the gospel is freedom and because it sets us free from who we are in sin and death. And it sets us free from having to do all of that so that we might grow in Christ and grow in the spirit and that the spirit might produce good works in us through mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's exactly what 
Paul is dispelling here in chapter four. Yeah. Yeah. And building on that, a couple of verses I really like in this chapter is now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David speaks about the blessing. Um, and yeah, I think the, you know, the Bible and Jesus and you know, the authors of the Bible, um, like say multiple times that our faith is a gift and our, like our salvation is a gift. God, God's grace is a gift. Um, and you're going back to the verse now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Like if our works are what saves saves us, or um, and also Thomas, what you mentioned legalism, if like our works is what makes us better than other people who aren't doing the things we're doing or whatnot, which I know we can sometimes stumble into those thought patterns or traps, um, then like the our wages or our reward would be something that is due to us. But it's not like our salvation, our faith, God's grace is a gift to us, which means it's not from our works or else it would be our due, but rather it's because of a faith that's a, um, that is our gift, not in what we can do, but relying through our faith, admitting and relying on God and Jesus who did the work of salvation for us and just believing in that. And then, yeah, having that transform our hearts into becoming obedient stewards of God's law. Ding on that. That's yep. the whole idea of Romans 1 through 5. Right there. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and I love bringing the concept of grace into it um, because when you think about like, boasting which is what i get the sense that a lot of this is about as you have religious leaders who are here boasting that we follow the law we uphold the law the law saves us we have the law other people do not we are circumcised other people are not um and that is what sets them apart and in a sense okay circumcision sets that nation of israel apart um but in reality it's it's the whole link between the law, faith, and grace that is hard to wrap your head around. And Peter, you just got into all of it, I think. Like, um, if you're boasting in anything, it's not works. It's not, in my opinion, you don't boast in your own faith. You boast in the grace that you receive. And that is kind of the starting point for it. Um, and that way you're not boasting in anything that you're doing. You're boasting in everything that God is doing. Um, and that is a mindset worth having without the grace. There's no point in any of it because there's no way any of us would ever be with God. Um, and the law is just something that directs us to the need for a savior. Um, so it's important there, but it's not the end all be all. It was not for Abraham and it is not for us today. True. Um, yeah. Also the little David quote. Yeah. I want to hear are those who are lawless deeds, yeah. whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Um, that's a quote from Psalm 32. David, I believe, he's talking about Abraham in that one, too. Um, also, just those who the Lord forgives, you know? Um, and how does he forgive? How does he declare righteous? Through faith. And we can see that through Abraham. Um, and yeah, it's just, this is the gospel in its purest form. You know, it is the <laughs> blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, 
and whose sins are covered. That is what happens when we believe in Christ hmm. and we follow him through faith. Yeah. And yeah. I like that. It doesn't say blessed are those who do not sin. <laughs> um, it's blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. It's us. We are, we are the ones who sin. We are sinners. But it's our sins that are covered. It happens through our faith in Jesus Christ and believing and confessing that he is Lord of our life. And that is how our sins are covered. And that's how we become blessed. And it's not by not sinning, which obviously, like, we strive to do. Um we know that that is what is best for us and what has God God has intended for us but yeah it's like sinners are blessed like we are blessed we are sinners but we're blessed because we have faith in Jesus Christ yeah perfectly said um I think another cool element to all of this I for me it comes out in verse 17 makes it pretty clear um, Paul writes, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Um, so, you know, this whole thing about saving all the nations, not just saving Israel, which, you know, is kind of what is religious leaders thinking we're circumcised, you're not, we're Jewish, you're not, we're the ones who are saved, we have the law. That's not the case. And it never was the entire plan because, I mean, otherwise, there's no way God would have told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. Um, the plan was always to bring all these other nations, all these people into the fold, um, regardless of the circumcision or not, which I think is kind of cool. It was, uh, you know, that set up all the way back in Genesis, and um, we see it in a command of like the Great Commission go out and now reach all the nations. Um, a specific command from Jesus to do that. Um, and the only way that anyone can be saved, that all these people can be saved, is if they have the faith that Abraham had. And that's the link to Abraham. Um, is He is the father of that faith. And it's his faith that we need to be following, not his adherence to being circumcised. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely um at some point i also got to thinking of other examples in the bible that could shed some light on this whole thing and other people that pop up throughout scripture where we look to and say like it's the faith that has gotten them to heaven and i think one cool example that always comes up for me um and one example I've found useful in conversation with people, like there are certain people, certain groups of people um, who really buy into that legalistic kind of thing, um, whether it is, I mean, way back when, circumcision, um, or even now just, you know, following certain steps that you have to do outside of faith to make it to heaven and be with God. Um for me, it's always the sinner on the cross, the guy next to Jesus who's hanging there. Um, yeah. And obviously, there's no way of knowing whether this guy was circumcised or not. But there's certainly a way of knowing whether or not he would have, like, at least I would I would think. Some of this is theorizing. But, like, was this guy baptized? I don't know. Probably not. Was he circumcised? I don't know. Probably not. Did he follow all these laws? No. <laughs> he was being uh, crucified for a reason. He was not a probably a good guy in the eyes of the world. Yet, Jesus tells him that, you know, you'll be with me in paradise today. And the only way that happens, the only way, is if the only way that you can be saved is through faith. Um, because that is the only thing that this guy had going for him, is that he believed that this was Jesus. Son of um, God. Yeah. And I, that one always gets me. Like... Um, you know, in, in response to any of this legalistic kind of stuff, like you have to do ABC and you'll be in heaven. Well, this guy didn't do any of that and he's in heaven. Um, and it was just his faith that got him there. Mm -hmm. So 
good for him. Yeah. I think that, I mean, yeah, that's one of the best examples of, well, yeah, just, I mean, I'd, I'd just be repeating everything you just said, Justin. Um, but yeah, just a great example of the requirement for salvation, which is believing, like having faith that Jesus is Lord. Um, and through that, our sins are forgiven. And it's nothing, no count of good versus bad that we have done in our life that determines that we end heaven. It's just having faith, believing, confessing that Jesus is Lord. Um, and also to tie the man himself, Jesus, into this and something that he said is, um, and like getting at the, the heart of circumcision is, um, is, you know, when Jesus says, I have come to abolish, or I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Um, and... You know, I I don't think that <laughs> means to say that every that or I don't think that means that we're called to tell everyone to get circumcised because that's the law. But rather, again, it's it's the heart of the law. Like, what does circumcision under the new covenant actually mean? It means that it's a a seal of the heart that we are saved. And going back to what we talked about last week. Um, for no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Um, this praise is not for man, but from God. That was in Romans 2, which we brought up last week as well. But yeah, I think that, like, in some ways, the circumcision commandment is, um, like, still applies. Like, we're not... We're not, we're, and Jesus specifically called us not to relax one of any of these commandments, but it's not the commandment to physically be circumcised. It's the commandment to be circumcised in, in the heart um, as a seal, as a sign, um, which circumcision is, as um, Paul says in verse 11 of chapter 4, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of righteousness. Like our heart, our inward heart is circumcised as a sign of our, or through our faith as a sign of, as a sign of our faith. Oh, sorry, I was starting to get wordy at the end there, but, <laughs> but yeah. All good. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. It's all good stuff. So good words are good words no matter what. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. I am not sure that I have too much more to add here. Um, so if either of you do, you can feel free to chime in before we finish up. But I think these are all some really, really good points that you guys have yeah. mentioned. I think if you, if you want um, a better, if you want to dive into, um, circumcision a bit more those of, those of you who are listening um i would recommend you read uh, acts chapter 10 and 15. Um, chapter 10 is peter's vision that he gets from god and then that lets him know that there that you should not call common what god has made clean um, that being people and all food um, and then the jerusalem council uh, is is Acts chapter 15, where a, a bunch of the leaders and the disciples of the early church come together in Jerusalem and they make a decision about how they are to deal with circumcision and the food laws. Um, and then they go back out and they preach the same message and agreeing theology. So, yeah, really good stuff there in both of those. So. Yeah. 
uh, if you, if you want to see how the early church came to their views on circumcision and food laws that Paul is is kind of um, attacking here in, in Romans, then I recommend you do that. Seems like it would be well worth anyone's time. Yes, that is a good recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and I did, I did say at the start of this episode that this was not entirely about circumcision, and I think we lived up to that. Uh, the themes run a lot deeper than just circumcision. But for those who are a lot more interested in it, then yeah, take Thomas's advice. Or just take it anyways, because, you know, more reading out there is never a bad thing. True. No, it is not. And yeah, it's a great topic through which to uh, learn more about that deeper, deeper stuff that we talked about. Yeah. yeah. I think it provides a good example of uh, like the church coming together and uh, kind of seeking God and, and seeking, well, what does he command us to do? And what is this gospel that we follow? And what is that going to look like in our communities, you know, yeah. and our churches? And, you know, even at the end of Romans and Romans 15, he's going to, Paul's going to be like, or for 14 and 15, it's going to be like the stumbling block principle that we've all heard, you know, of like with the food laws and stuff. So you, you can jump back over to 15 once you're done in Acts 15. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Romans is such a good book. This is such a good chapter. Yes, it is. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. It is great stuff. Um, I do want to flag for those who are interested in some of the things that we talked about today, a couple more episodes that touch on some of the themes that we've talked about. Um, one of them is episode 76, The Fulfillment of the Law, which came up a couple times here. How All Jesus right. fulfills that. The other is episode 61, The Five Covenants. Mm-hmm. obviously we talked about one today maybe two today we touched on a couple of them um and so there are others in the bible that are worth knowing and that was a good episode that we had a while back talking about that so episodes 76 and 61 good episodes worth listening to it's back in our double digit days <laughs> the double digit days. <laughs> yes <laughs> Days that aren't too far away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that is all that we've got for you with Romans 4, I believe. Last chance to get anything in. Otherwise, we'll close things down. I think that's it for me. All right. Yeah, I got got nothing more. Thanks for a great episode, Jay. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I will say us a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for another episode that we had here. Thank you for allowing us to find the time to record um, and make time to get another episode out there. I thank you for reaching that 100 episode mark, uh, now 101st episode, um, for sticking with us through all of it, for having these listeners out here who are willing to listen to us uh, whenever we get an episode out there. We are thankful for all of them and thankful for the chance to do this. I pray that we would continue to look to you in faith, the faith that Abraham had and the faith that so many others in Scripture and so many others in this world have had in their lives that we can look up to. In your name, amen. Amen. All right. Amen. There's one more added to this thing now. So, Thomas, why don't you tell people how we can be... Accessed. <laughs> See if you can get all the memories. <laughs> let let me tell you what. All right. We have an email. We have an Instagram. And we have a website. The email is three in the fire at gmail.com. The number three in the fire at gmail.com. The Instagram is at in the fire podcast. And the website is in the firepodcast.com. Yes, sir. And you can find all of this information right there, which is why I have this down pat now because I can just pull up the <laughs> website. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> Do we allow that? That seems like cheating. <laughs> That's very convenient. <laughs> if you are new to this podcast, I have been called out many a time for not knowing how to get in touch with my own podcast. <laughs> so if, if you if you struggle like me, just remember in the firepodcast.com. It's easy now, it. yeah. And all that information is on there. Also, I guess if you've been listening uh, and you don't know what we look like, there's a picture of us on there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's from like five years ago now. So it's an we, old kind, we kind of look like that still. <laughs> you, would um, be able to, you would be able to recognize us based on this photo if you yeah, saw yeah, us in yeah. real life today. But that's you us. See us um, in Trader Joe's or walking <laughs> around or anything. Exactly. I also want to say that we have at least one listener out there who has listened to all 100 episodes, uh, allegedly. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we can only take that person's word for it. <laughs> yes, but way to go, faithful listener. Yes. Thank yes. you for listening to us. We are very, very grateful. Yes, we There are. might We're be more than far. one. So yeah, if you are also someone who has listened to every single episode. And uh, you've not told us yet. Yeah, even if it's not true, you can tell us. And I mean, we'd have no choice but to believe you. So, and if you want to tell us, check out our website, inthefirepodcast.com, for how to contact us. Inthefirepodcast.com. Well, we could wow. choose not to believe them, but seeing as this whole episode was on faith, we'll exactly. have faith. We choose going. to believe. Thanks for all these tips today, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and with that, that might be a nice cutoff. <laughs> um, well, thanks everyone. It's time we throw away the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gotten too late now. We warned you at the start of this that there was no telling where this thing could go. Um, <laughs> but thank you all for listening. Um, the march to two hundred is on. We are excited to continue giving you episodes and bringing you content, more content coming soon in the form of our blog. So be on the lookout for that. And we will talk to you at our next episode. All right. And we also roll are rolling forward to the next palindromic episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coming soon. Stay tuned for 111. Just in 10 episodes from now. <laughs> uh, exciting stuff. Oh, yes. Thank you all well, for coming. Everyone have a great week. You too. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <Adios. laughs> Peace.